0: To talk about what just happened this is leafs nation post game on sportsnet 590 the fan and the leafs radio network the Gossian jams down the wall can't get to it but a pass a bad one by galchenyuk has a breakaway canadians in on goal off the goal post it's in oh no it's in i thought that went off the post ralphie it came out so fast, but the Canadians have scored on a horrific pass from Galchenyuk that was picked up. It was a two on
1: nothing.
2: Oh yes, nothing's easy in Leafsland. Habs force a game six with 2,500 fans in the building on Saturday night. This is Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet of The fan Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you. At the Golden Muzzyac Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter, maybe chime in with your thoughts as we move forward in this series. Now three two Maple Leafs after the Habs win it four three and OT. Sam McKee and Josh Santos along for the ride as well. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca who took in this game tonight at Scotia Bank Arena will drop by later on. We'll hear from Sheldon Keith and others. But my word, what a finish to this hockey game, Gord Stellick. Uh,
0: love Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph doing the radio. Love Chris Cuthbert and Chris Simps- uh, Craig Simpson doing the. Uh, tv the the genuineness about it but yeah you know nick if you tuned in you probably thought and you're not a big hockey fan you probably thought do they play three on three overtime in the playoffs too <laughs> right because yeah. i i still like i thought one team would score score quick i did not think it'd be on a two and oh i thought it'd be kind of a chintzy deflection that way so the maple leafs uh came back from three goals down give him credit our buddy stevie felon was just killing it with all the different stats mentioned the leafs have never come back from a three-goal deficit in the playoffs against the montreal canadiens to win a game last time the maple leafs won a game in overtime to clinch a series was a memorable bill barilco goal in 1951 and and then he disappeared died and didn't find mm-hmm. it for 10 years like so so many historical things coming and then all of a sudden all the history takes a back seat nick to a 2-1-0 breakaway
2: Yeah, certainly that's it. I call it the good, the bad, the Galchenyuk. Because, again, he's been a great story the last couple games. Gets another point tonight. And just you can't make those type of plays. But I'll be honest, as soon as that overtime started, I felt like one team was there ready to play and one team wasn't. And the team that was ready won the game. The Leafs looked just a bit loose. And that was a theme... Throughout the night, uh, the night, considering the start, I, I thought Montreal came out desperate and urgent, and it showed that way on the scoreboard, ultimately. Okay, so hear me
0: through this, okay? Because I yeah. did pick the Leafs in five, so I'm wrong. And I don't like mm-hmm. people that pretend they're right prognosticating. But I got to tell you today, <laughs> Nick, I got to yeah. your point, I got a funny vibe. And back in 2015, remember the great Blue Jays run, the first one. So the next mm-hmm. year, they, you know, uh, Shapiro was there instead of Anthopolis, and they did make the playoffs against Cleveland. You remember that? And um, yeah. the, the first game pitcher hurt his uh, hand with a model airplane, so they started some guy, never started, and anyway, whatever. Trevor
2: Bauer, so, Gordo.
0: Oh, gosh, that's right, that's right. So mm-hmm. point being is, uh, a friend of ours had said, geez, the previous year um, they they rented a box, and it was it wasn't bad rate and all that stuff. So I said, count Justin and I in this year. So... He got, it for game, he got it for game five, and then it turned out the rates had doubled, okay? So I'm looking, I go, oh, man, this is pretty expensive. But I said, okay, I'll take it. Well, game five came, and the Jays were down 3-1. And as we Justin and I walked to Rogers Center, you could hear people selling tickets for like one-tenth of what we'd paid to go into that box, which didn't include food, by the way, just whatever. Anyway, Jays won, but then Cleveland won in six, okay? And I just got that feeling today. I don't know what it was. I got this feeling that... It's not going to be tonight, but it's going to be Saturday. And to your point, I don't know what it was. And the, and the Leafs came out like that. Like, they really did. Mm-hmm. It was just very different. And also, you got to give Montreal credit. you got to give other teams credit, you know, like people writing things off. And, but you know what? They're professional hockey players. They made the NHL,
2: or like anyone makes a major, you know, sports team, professional sports team. They made it for a reason. You're right, and that's the thing I've been trying to juggle with all night long, and it really was a roller coaster. It always seems to be that way for the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. You give the team and the fans hope, down 3-0 in the game, you come back, and then you lose on a goal like that in OT. But I was trying to juggle, yes, it was self-inflicted, but I think you give Montreal credit um, for the game plan. I, I think they played a different style in this game, and obviously it brought success, although clearly the second half especially the third period, all Maple Leafs, the shot 16 to five and always great to get that uh, tertiary goal scoring, if you will, Jake Muzzin, a couple goals, but it was just to me, uh, pretty much indicative that goal in a nutshell, the game winner from Suzuki was indicative of the way I felt the Maple Leafs played in this game. Um, I thought Carey Price is a good story, but I think Montreal was the better team overall in this game. Would you agree? Yeah, and quick using Anthony Stewart's line tertiary. Okay, that's his term.
0: <laughs> yes. But uh, it's, uh, you know, and what a softy, or a, or a, I don't know if Carey Price ever really that's a true softy in, but just an unfortunate mm-hmm. one uh, on, on the third goal that way. And, you know, here the Maple Leafs came back from a three-goal deficit to tie them, and Montreal's down 3-1, and they could have packed it in. And to your point, yep. they didn't. And mm-hmm. that third period you're talking about, it's kind of like the game where, game two, the Leafs, um, got or last game when the Leafs got outshot fourteen to two. the gave me four. Got outshot fourteen to two in the third period, but found a way to win it. Right, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that. You know what I mean? And, and Montreal, Montreal did what the Leafs did in that. Okay, so you got outplayed. The other team had momentum, but you
2: found a way to win it. Tonight, it's Montreal's turn. And I almost felt like the the break, the 15-minute the intermission actually favored Montreal because they were up against it clearly in the third period where the shots again were 16-5, to five, all the momentum in favor of Toronto. And to get that break and to reset, I think was good for Montreal. And to me, from what we saw in the third, to overtime, I know it was a small sample size in OT, a much different Montreal team. I, I don't know. I just got the feeling as soon as I saw the Matthews line on, they just seemed a bit off, uh, sluggish on the back check, I just felt like something was off. And again, you've got to credit Montreal. I know it's a tough play about Galchenyuk. He's done it a million times before. Most times it works. But credit to the youngster, Caulfield. Picks it off a 2-0. And and that certainly is not on Jack Campbell in this game. But I talk about the self-infliction, Gord. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, tough night at the office, goes without saying. And certainly the Galchenyuk giveaway. And there's your answer why the Maple Leafs lose this game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, there's really it's been a series devoid of Tristan Jari type uh, in goaltending. <laughs> right. And you yeah. had a couple there. You know, it's funny what you mentioned. I remember, you know, you know, Ken Hitchcock, like he's the best yes. media guy going. He doesn't he can't say much now because he's an advisor for the Edmonton Oilers. Otherwise, he may create media. And he talked about 2010 when he was an assistant coach for Team Canada. And as we all know, Canada had the gold medal one and then Team Team USA scored twice and tied it up. And Hitch's line was he goes thank god we had a regulation uh regulation break like he goes I, he goes I wasn't we weren't 100% sure in the Olympics before it started do you have a regulation break or do you go right to overtime and he just said much like tonight like you inferred for the Montreal Canadians it really allowed team Canada after two goals you're a little shell shocked to kind of just get recalibrated and go out and as we know Sidney Crosby scored that golden goal and onwards and tonight I think I think your point is right that if you could have played overtime right away, like say it's a regular season and it's a five minute overtime, I would have liked the Leafs' chances a lot more. I think Montreal used
2: used that time wisely. Again, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet five nine of the fan. The Maple Leafs lose it here in Game Five. Montreal staves off elimination, forces a Game Six on home ice coming up on Saturday night. Nick Suzuki, his second of the series, fifty nine seconds in. Yes, on a two on zero with Cole Caulfield after a horrible, horrible giveaway from Alex Galchenyuk, who again played uh, that line played pretty well in this game. But it's just sort of uh, unique and intriguing how it works out sometimes. But certainly that was a narrative and that was a story in this game. I just think Toronto lacked the crispness that we've seen at points in time throughout this season, at points in time throughout this series. And it started from the top down. um, And also a thing that stood out clearly in the first couple moments of this game, the depth guys, the third line had a tough night, I felt. And, uh, you know, Joel Armia scores two goals and pretty much, you know, a big time story in this game was Montreal's depth came to play and Toronto struggled.
0: Yeah, You know, I, th- I think there was um, in the in the general public and include us in the media, uh, a thought that this was going to be an easy one, that they mm-hmm. were beaten, they were whipped and it was going to be an easy one. And, you know, probably if you could have got the first goal quickly, who knows? But you still have to work for it. And I'm not saying the Leafs did not know that, didn't, di- didn't consciously work for it, what have you, but it, it, it sure seemed like they didn't. <laughs> like, right. it, just, it just seemed like that they were kind of like the vibe that a lot of people said, hey, well, the Winnipeg-Toronto series start on Saturday? You think they'll do mm-hmm. game one then? And there's, there was a wonderful story, John Tavares being able to actually skate. I mean, it was all these kind of feel-good things. And in, in winning a playoff game is still hard. <laughs> if the other team competes, it's still hard. And uh, and and maybe Montreal could have packed it in quickly if that were to happen early on, get the jump. But they got the jump, and it just You're made right. it hard.
2: Yeah, there, there was something nonchalant about the effort for the most part. I know they they packed the mega comeback. Jake Muzzin, what a game. This is why you get guys like Jake Muzzin, seasoned pro, scores big-time goals. That's what he does, and that was big in the third period. But... There was that Sunday morning stroll vibe to this game for the Maple Leafs where they just couldn't even string a pass together for the most part in this hockey game. And again, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I'm giving credit to Montreal. It was a way different Montreal team offensively. And obviously, Rasmus Gord can tell you about their forecheck. I, I thought they came out with tenacity, and it set the tone for this hockey game, didn't it?
0: Yeah, well, Kevin BX had a great read on it before the game. He just said Montreal's going to – they're going to have to get a goal after levying a big hit. What do they do? "You know, <laughs> Rasmus said, you know he, he said it and it was the perfect script that way, you know, and, uh, and that was exactly it. They get the momentum of a great hit, which is uh, uh, gets the team's juices going. And because of the hit, the putt, the puck is coughed up and, uh, and they put it in, you know, same thing on Rasmus Sandin, Zach Bogosian was minus three and mm-hmm. plus minus it, 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 there's an, it's kind of an arbitrary stat. It's, it, but, but, you know, so Sandin had a tough time. He was a minus two. I'm not harping on those particular guys because I just think as a, a a team they had a tough time. You see Sandin's minutes, like what six minutes, eleven seconds. He basically got he basically got benched after that. But yep. you know, it's easy to single him out, and certainly that play singles things out or struggles early. But at the end of it, they did it in overtime again. You know, I mean, I know it's Galchenyuk almost singularly, but it just was the kind of kind of game they just they. That, that team defense we talked about when they're tightly wrapped and into it just really wasn't there from the
2: get-go tonight. And again, not to bring the conversation back to the analytics committee, but uh, it, it doesn't gauge nerves. It doesn't gauge pressure. I mean, it was clear in my mind watching Rasmus Sandine play in this game that uh, he was above his element to tad, and the pressure was on in an atmosphere like a Stanley Cup playoffs, an elimination game. The urgency, the desperation was there from, from Montreal, and that's why his minutes were limited. I, I think they realized that off the bat, and I wouldn't be shocked if Saturday night we saw Travis Dermott in for Sandine Gord.
0: I could see that. And, and and again, again, it goes beyond the one player. But I've, I find with I'll call them kids, but they're young adults. And mm-hmm. there's an element play them because in many ways they don't feel pressure. It's kind of fun, and that's why I think Montreal should have played Cole Caulfield from you know game number one. But then all of a sudden, when it's the holy crap mode, you know, it's it, it's like a parent and a kid, and the kid gets in trouble, and that's when you need to help them. Right? You need to that's when all of a sudden maybe they're, they're in over their head, whatever it may be, and something has to go back. Hey, you're just a kid, and, and, and let's help get to the next level. But right now, let's chill, just sit on the bench and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, for him, he'd been, you know, he'd been surprising people how well he played, and it's good on him. I think it bodes well for the future for him and the Toronto Maple police. but all of a sudden,
2: a whole lot of crap, a whole lot of adversity came in a short period of time, and that's overwhelming. Maple Leafs lose uh, game five here 4-3 in OT 59 seconds in Nick Suzuki the winner and Montreal staves off elimination again game six will be right here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan coming up on uh, Saturday night as the Maple Leafs look to win their first series in 17 years it wasn't going to be easy and I think we're finding that out once again Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation post game speaking of easy Gord uh, I I am firm in saying Willie Nylander is playing the best hockey of his NHL career right now. I, I thought he was outstanding again tonight. I mean, it shows you something when the Matthews line is struggling, and it's the first guy they call up to that line to replace Hyman, as Nylander had two assists in this game, a five-game point streak to start off this postseason, seven and five for Willie. Yeah, I got to tell you as well, we've talked
0: about it quite a bit. I, I love his glibness in the Zoom call world. It's hard to be <laughs> glib and different and fun and whatever and banter, and, and Luke Fox mentioned that as well. I, I really like that, and I think that's a big part that he's showing how much he just, you know, loves playing the game and playing it that way. You're, you're so bang on. He had a glorious scoring chance early, but he's just making things happen, and uh, and now that we got to, you know, the, the, the screws are tightened a little bit. The screws are mm-hmm. tightened a little bit, and, you know, I, I just, if I'm, If I'm Sheldon Keefe, the guy I'm going to get more on the
2: power play or just try to get more or pick my spots is Willie Nylander. Certainly. And, uh, you know, my big key leading into Game 6 coming up on Saturday night, your horses. It's horse time, Gord. I don't know any other way to put it. It's time for Matthews. It's time for Marner to take control of this series, win this series, and move on to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Do you agree?
0: I agree, and it's funny, Matthews still led the team in hits, and he's lost to Matthews, just two shots on goal, and I thought, you know, Brendan Gallagher kind of kind of seemed a bit more effective agitating him, just a little mm-hmm. bit more. Didn't take him out of the game, but he wasn't the dominant guy. It doesn't take much to just agitate someone, and also it inspires your bench that way. So, um, you know, here we are, five games, it's a positive because the Leafs are up, but you're saying. Okay, come on. Every playoff series, there should be that kick-ass game where the Leafs score five or four, five, six goals, whatever, and, and that line is, is responsible for three, four, or five of them. You know, that, you know you're, you're looking for that. It's not unreasonable to expect that. You know, they get the ice time
2: that gives them chances to score a lot of goals. Big time, and certainly that will be a storyline heading into Saturday night. Because again, here we go. Uh, it's been a while since Mitch Marner has scored a goal in a Stanley Cup playoff game, and not to have that conversation, but they pay Mitch Marner a lot of money to produce for this team, and ultimately that will come up because it is playoff time, and you need big goals and your big players. Uh, Montreal, to their credit, has done a really, really good job on Toronto's, uh, you know, big line this series. Matthews has one goal couple points in this game certainly uh you know same for Marner but for the most part they've limited the chances which obviously has opened up more room for the secondary line for Toronto has done some damage but to win a series you need your big guys and certainly one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing is on on Saturday Is just the Matthews line can they take control of this series um again the big story on Saturday Gord for the first time since I guess the The beginning or pre-pandemic, we're going to see a bit of a crowd at the Bell Center in Montreal coming up on Saturday for Game 6. 2,500. What kind of impact in in your world does that make?
0: Man, you know something? I'm loving seeing that. Um, Mm -hmm. I know 2,500 rabid fans anywhere can sound like 25,000. That seems to be you know, what they've been doing in the, the other venues around there, that whatever, you know, the gap is and not being sold out, they're making it sound like it's a sold out crowd. So uh, I got to think, you know, Montreal is going to get a bit more of an edge uh, about about the home ice edge. But the, the edge for being the better team, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And when you're, imagine there were 20,000 fans there. Uh, I mean, they would be killing it on behalf of the Montreal Canadiens. And that's where you got to go out and and win those games if you're the better team. And I believe they're the better team and, like I said, I had a funny vibe today. I don't know why, but I, my vibe is Saturday, the Toronto Maple Leafs win it.
2: Yep, uh, I, I'm right there with you, and certainly I got that feel today as soon as the puck dropped for this game, that Montreal wasn't ready for their season to be over. It came close down to the end, down to the wire. you got to credit the Maple Leafs for the comeback there in the third period. They were down 3 nothing in this hockey game, found a way back, two goals from Jake Muzzin in the third, but it's just so unfortunate the way this game ended because it seemed like everything was coming up toronto from the third period onwards, and then 59 seconds into the third, or into overtime, I should say, Nick Suzuki on a 2-on-0. If you were to map out what was to occur in overtime, maybe we expected an early goal, but just not a 2-on-0. Maybe break down that play for us, Gord you know it's funny because you got Tristan Jerry's give a giveaway for the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins uh, you know you, you've got Samsonov's miscommunication for the Washington Capitals and you know what Nick I mean that's why those teams lost the playoffs those those, those were monumental gaffes that resulted in them leaving the, losing the playoffs and I'm I'm not predicting that or saying this is going to happen but uh boy like like everyone from the word go like you know Galchenyuk now I because he has possession you can't even argue that one of the defensemen should have played it a little bit more a little bit safer you know it's it's like you firmly have possession of uh, possession of the puck and it's if there if there's like a triple giveaway if you score it that way that's what he did that's just what he did All no, to get a two-on-oh I mean there were no other 2 on os in, in the game there were hardly any <laughs> breakaways like it just you, you kind of look at it you go like seriously like you know, it's it, it's a play that you practice your tight team on, your p way team on, and whatever not to make, and, and they make it. And and that's what happened. And for a second, I'm with Joe Bowen. When you weren't 100% sure it was in, you thought, wow, did they ever dodge a bullet this way? Because sometimes they kind of overpass that on a 2-on-0, but holy crap, like that's not the way I expected it to end either way. And that's just a very unfortunate way. And, you know, just like Rasmus Sandin earlier, you're going to signal Galchenyuk out, it's you know, for an NHL player, it's an excuse it's an inexcusable play, but anyway, you got to look forward and he's played well. And let's see if uh let's see if he can help atone for it in game number six.
2: Yeah, sadly, uh, pretty much par for the course for this team over the last seventeen years. There's just been so many roller coasters in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we hope it just firmly ends coming up on Saturday night at the Bell Center for game six. Toronto still have three two in the series. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic on Leafs Nation post game, a four three OT loss here. In Game Five at Scotiabank Arena, Nick Suzuki, fifty-nine seconds in, and a win for Montreal, four-three. The final. As we welcome in now, uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, who took in this game tonight. Luke, just uh, describe your thoughts as that play went down, and then the next thing you look, it's Caulfield with the puck. I, I ultimately knew. I, I just, I had a feeling. Did you?
3: Oh, absolutely. A two-on-zero. <laughs> oh? uh,
2: yeah, I know. My first thought was, "Oh no, Galchenyuk!" You
3: know. <laughs> Uh, just because he made that, that brilliant pass that Muzzin tipped in for the goal. And he was so excellent in uh, Game 4, you know, just making game-breaking offensive plays. But you saw right there, that's that's why he's only trusted in the top six in an offensive role. Um, you know, he it's been kind of a knock on him throughout his career. Is sometimes he doesn't make the proper play in terms of hockey sense um, and it's just one of those you you want to have back and I was just listening to the Leafs talk and what was good was that none of them threw them under the bus, they all said hey we all make mistakes, hockey's a game of mistakes and you have to put your position in a team as a team where one mistake doesn't hurt you, so you have to look at the game as a whole and if the Leafs come out better in the first and don't get down by two goals, you know maybe uh, a mistake like that doesn't be the killer but um you know it sets up uh a very interesting Saturday night and the first hockey game with fans in Canada in well over a year I was saying
0: earlier with Nick you know it's funny like I did pick the Leafs in five so I will be wrong and even though I picked them in five I got a vibe today uh, Luke about just in general that I think people were dismissing the Montreal Canadians too quickly now when you're down 3-1 if the team gets on you quick and scores twice you know you're you're screwed generally you just are it just is it's hard but then you got it you got to respect these guys being professional NHL players and just the way the first period went I, I started getting that vibe that that okay this may not be the Leafs slide. I still think they'll win on Saturday okay I switched my prediction a little bit that way but yeah it just was that good on the good on the Montreal players for despite what's gone wrong and being you know being in the gutter there's no quit
3: yeah, no, absolutely, Gord. I mean, I think a lot of people were writing them off because the Leafs were so dominant in the last two games um, and basically kept all of Montreal to the outside. They weren't generating many quality chances. Uh, and they were getting to the paint. Like, they were getting in Jack Campbell's kitchen a little bit. They were driving the net, getting, you know, some loose, ugly goals. They came out with more urgency and desperation. And, you know, Austin Matthews said, we didn't, we didn't match it. You know, we have to match it, Uh, and you can't fall behind early, and especially this Leafs team. uh, The way Sheldon Keith coaches, you know, the way he likes to hold on to the puck, uh, a lot of the Leafs' success is based on scoring first. So when you don't score first or second, um, you have a hole to dig yourselves out of. But I I, I give a lot of respect for the Leafs for battling back, you know. It it felt, uh, you know, I felt, and I think most in the building felt like you felt, Gordon, in, in terms of All of a sudden, it's not going to be their night. But then they rallied. You know, they didn't give up. They went down with a fight. And the positive Sheldon Keith takes from this is, even though they didn't have their best game, they still lost by a very narrow margin. And uh, what's encouraging to him is he thinks the Leafs have much more to give than they gave tonight.
2: And again, the encouraging news too is that they had some games to work with ultimately in this series. We're up 3-1 in this uh, game going into this game now, 3-2 still. So a couple more chances if they needed to close out this series against the Montreal Canadiens with Luke Fox, of Sportsnet.ca, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame following a 4-3 OT loss here in Game 5. Nick Suzuki, the winner. Uh, having said that, let, let's stay on the positive note. Is William Nylander playing the best hockey of his career right now? Yes. It,
3: it, this, this is a William Nylander I, I've never seen before. I mean, we've seen flashes of it, but not for five games straight, this dominant. Um, seven points in five games. Uh, you know, every time he's out on the ice, you notice him. He's, his legs are moving. He's driving up the middle. He's coming back and back-checking. He's uh, starting rushes. Uh, finishing plays. And, I mean, if it wasn't for Carey Price, he, he probably should have had a goal or two tonight as well. Like, uh, he's generating tons of shots. And it's to the point where Sheldon Keith faced a, a pretty interesting question tonight post-game from Steve Simmons where, you know, he questioned why such a big discrepancy in ice time between Nylander, who's obviously, you know, the most um, impressive offensive player on either team. Uh, in this series, and Matthews and Martyr, um, there's a pretty big gap. And, you know, Keith uh, said that basically, well, Nylander's not part of that line, and that line starts after every timeout. It starts the beginning of every period, um, and I'm trying to get him extra shifts. And, and that is true. We saw Nylander double shifting and, and bouncing around. He got those, uh, you know, post PK, he got the post PK shift with Matthews. Um, he's trying to get him out there, but. You know, this this guy's just rolling. And uh, it's great to see. I mean, this this is what you wanted, right? Uh, even the Nylander haters, I think, would have to admit that this guy's a dynamic player. And and one of the sources of their frustration is he's not showing it every night. Well, he showed it for the last month, basically, of the regular season. And he's shown it each and every night in the in the postseason.
0: Uh, you mentioned it uh, either last time or the time before. And one thing I do really like, because I think in the dressing room, uh, you need so many different personalities. I think I talked about it, that Brian Burke said he made a trade for Brad May in Anaheim, that you ne- he needed a bit more life in that dressing room the year they won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, guys like Joe Thornton, that's what they've been brought in for. But I like Neilander's pizzazz. I, I really, you know, in the world of Zoom calls that are, you know, pretty pedestrian by and large, you know, you, I, I just think because you know, he, he can back it up with how he plays, I th- I think it's fun to have a team like the guy just, I fricking love playing. And I said, fricking love playing hockey. You know, I'm just, whatever, I'm out there having a ball, whatever. And, and just comes up with the glib answers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, his answer to where he gets his confidence is great. He just says, ah, born that way, you know, <laughs> not, nothing seems to, to fluster this guy. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of funny. He's like, he's, He's not in a rush after games to, to talk to the media um, because he likes to have his shower and, and, and start and look nice. He doesn't just throw on the, the sweaty ball cap and come out. He likes to get styled up a little bit and uh, the guys you know kind of take a, take it out on him a little bit. you know he, he earned the nickname Willie Styles. From Joe Thornton, and he stamped it on his stick. So they, they like to have a little fun with uh, his unique personality. But I mean, I think hockey needs more of that. You know, we don't need a bunch of robots. I, I like the fact that there's a mix of, of different characters on this team.
2: We we'll love to see it certainly with William Nylander. Uh, moving forward, of course, now to uh, set up game six. Luke, coming up on Saturday, what's the key for you for the Maple Leafs to close out this series?
3: Oh, I, bet, I better start. Um, to come out fierce, you know, to, to own it, right? Like, they're they're 0 for five. Um, this th- it, from this core, the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Riley core, they're 0 for five in opportunities to eliminate their opponent in a in a series. Um, so this is this is getting to be a thing, right? Like, yes, they could wait till game seven, but but don't do that, right? If you're Toronto, it's like put the boots on their throat now, like just end it. So I think a hot start is key, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if we see Travis Dermott back in the lineup after Rasmus Sandin's rough night. I mean, uh, this guy's a phenomenal talent, but he made a couple critical mistakes, and he was basically stapled to the bench afterward. He only got one shift in the third period, and Travis, Travis Dermott had a good game four. So I wouldn't be surprised if Keith goes back to him just for a little more defensive stability.
0: Well, you know, it's just I, I'm, I'm trying to think what else he might do. I think we over overdo. Like it, it's funny. I think Montreal was a great example about overthinking the lineup in a lot of ways, Luke. Right? You know, I really mm-hmm. do. Like I think I think I think the comments were right about you put so many blender lines together that I think, you know, finally, even though Gustafson was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people, but I but I thought they kind of got back to the let's not. And, and I'm not saying with disrespect, not try to be smart than the other team, but they had a certain strategy that didn't work about being physical on that and they kept their skill players out and finally an acceptance and a willingness to adapt and those other guys like i still think when Kakanyemi scored the other he scored again tonight but the first time when he held the number four up for like these four imprisoned people in the press box i guess they didn't expect to be there i don't quite know but anyway whatever to their credit when they've come out they've certainly performed
3: no, they, they absolutely have, um, you know, and it, it's the young players, right? Yemi got a goal, uh, Suzuki gets the winner, you know, they, they, they have performed okay. Um, the, the interesting one for me is Alexander Romanov, you know, the fact that it was Gufsus and, and, and not him that got the tap tonight. You know, this is this five straight playoff healthy scratches for one of their better puck movers, and Montreal has zero points from their defense. And you compare that to Toronto, which I think it has, we, it has 10 points from the Blue yep. Liners, including, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jake Muzzin, who, who had two goals uh, in one period tonight. And you just notice Mon, uh, Montreal's defense is, I think they're so wary of Toronto's high-powered offense that they're not pinching, they're not, they're not driving, they're not being the, the four, quick fourth man up in the, in the rush, whereas Sheldon is always given the blue liners, the green light to pinch down and go down when they have an opportunity, even if your name's Zach Bogosian. So it's it's quite a different um, discrepancy in terms of the game plan and in how active the, both defense cores are.
2: Well, bottom line, they got to bring it on Saturday night. Luke, thanks so much for this.
3: All right, Gord, Nick, have a great night.
2: You as well. Uh, that's Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. Thankful that he could break it all down for us. A 4-3 OT loss here in uh, a Game 5. Nick Suzuki with the winner on a two on fifty-nine 59 seconds in Gord. I still can't believe the way this game finished that way, at least on just a brutal, brutal ozone giveaway and a two on Oh, the other way, my goodness.
0: Yeah. And and by the way, Luke has a lot of great stuff on sportsnet.ca. He covers, he's got a lot of neat stories that way. I I'm trying to think, okay, overtimes. And, um, I, I I'm just trying to, remember like that like they like game seven against Boston all those years ago it's just a bad nightmare the three-goal lead that was blown in that and just in general about positive negative overtimes and I I man I'm hard-pressed to remember that kind of flagrant giveaway you know <laughs> leading to a goal either for or against the Toronto I know that does happen but a 2 on zero ending an overtime game I don't know when that last happened in a Toronto Maple Leaf overtime game before tonight
2: well, can't uh, do anything about it now, right? Uh, the only thing this team could do is uh, is certainly move on, and we'll see what's in store coming up on Saturday night, Gord. We're finding out that the game start time will be 7.30 Eastern time or just after that, so we'll keep it posted uh, here on Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan for the further details on that one. I believe the Blue Jays have a, uh, a 4 o'clock game against Cleveland on Saturday, so we'll see as to where we're doing our broadcast, but uh, can't wait to do it coming up on Saturday. We'll hit the break. We continue on here on the post-game show. Uh, we'll uh, hear from Sheldon Keefe, some of the players involved in this one. Just a tough, tough loss all around. 4-3 here in Game 5. Nick Suzuki, the winner, 59 seconds in overtime. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick, and you're listening to Least Nation post-game on Sportsnet. 5-9 to the fan.
4: Starting out with it slowly. On to
0: Nylander. Rink-by-pass for Muzzin. Drop pass for Galchenyuk, and a shot, SCORES! Alex Galchenyuk with a shot
5: off the left wing, with not going to the front of the net, and it beats Price 5-hole!
0: This game is tied! Holy Mackinac!
2: Holy Mackinac is right. Joe Bowen, flashback to the good times on this uh, Thursday night. The Maple Leafs down 3-0 in this hockey game. Jake Muzzin, two goals, the last of which you hear right there. It was a 3-3 game. Then in overtime, sadly, uh, Nick Suzuki, 59 seconds in on a 2-0 with Cole Caulfield. Two youngsters, I believe 20 and 21, getting the job done, and full credit to Dominic Deschamps, the interim head coach, putting those two on the ice in such a pressure cooker moment, and it paid off. A tough pass by Alex Galchenyuk, a 4-3 OT win for the Habs, staving off elimination, forcing a game six at the Bell Center on Saturday night. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic breaking it all down here on Leafs Nation postgame at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic if you'd like to chime in with your thoughts. But it just seemed like a lot happened in this hockey game, and I'm just already excited for Saturday night, Gord. Yeah,
0: the latter, I'm the same with you. You know, it's funny, um, listening to Joe's call, I talked earlier about the the devastating loss in Game 7 back in 2013. Well, this wouldn't have been Game 7, but think of it. Similar thing, down by three, like the Leafs were up by three to Boston. Boston came back, won it in overtime, just a dagger. And that's what the Maple Leafs could have done tonight. You know, when I say dagger, it would have been, a horrible way for Montreal to end. I mean, they really, they really kind of, Montreal now saves their summer to a degree because this would have been mm-hmm. a horrible way hanging your heads kind of like the St. Louis Blues are doing or the Edmonton Oilers are doing this year. Like, so much is dictated by how you finish the season. So I think now the Montreal Canadiens will have a summer that they can hang their head a whole lot, a whole lot higher based on that overtime goal because what a terrible way
2: to blow a three-goal deficit then end the series in OT. Well, they even showed uh, Habs GM Mark Bergevin pacing. If that didn't look like somebody whose job was on the line, I don't know what does. And you know the pressure is cooking in Mark Bergevin's world as this series goes on. uh, 3-2 now for the Maple Leafs, Game 6 Saturday. Again, Jake Muzzin. And and Luke brought it up in the previous segment. Toronto's D, uh, they've calculated for 10 points in this series. Still zero for the Montreal Canadiens. What a night for Jake Muzzin. Two goals, unfortunately, in a losing effort. Here is the veteran, former LA King. Uh, Jake, your team's had a more
1: active uh, role from the defense in terms of generating points. Do uh, You figure that's going to be uh, one of the things that turns the game on uh, on Saturday. You guys keep that up.
6: Yeah. Lance, do you have a follow up.
1: Yeah, what's the mood in there tonight, Jake? After uh, a good comeback and obviously falling
6: short,
5: it'll be we'll be all right.
6: Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGran. Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
7: Jake, what do you say to a teammate after uh, uh, who, who's had a rough night tonight uh, in terms of giveaways uh, to just sort of rally and, and get ready for the next game?
0: Yeah, quick memory,
5: you know, forget about it, learn from it, move on, get ready for it tomorrow or the next game.
7: And what do you think of the idea of playing uh, in front of fans on Saturday? It's something you haven't faced to uh, be in Montreal's advantage, I presume.
5: Yeah, it'll, it'll be great no matter what. It'll be nice to, to hear
7: something.
6: And last one here, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
7: Jake, what do you think was missing early on in the game for you guys? Yeah, they they were
5: desperate and and they won every battle, and we didn't we didn't we weren't ready for it. Um, we battled back, but
7: not enough. So what's the what's the required mindset do you think in a couple nights? What's the, what do you see is the key to a bounce back effort on Saturday? Yeah, we got to be hungrier earlier for sure.
2: There right, you have it. A very talkative uh, Jake Muzzin <laughs> following this four uh, <laughs> three. It's playoff time. What, did he did
0: he lose the coin toss to have to go face the media?
2: Gordon, oh, I man. love that. I, I I don't know about you. I love that. The guy is pissed off. We need more guys like that, in my opinion. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 not yeah, buying yeah it. you know.
0: Anyway, okay. You know what? He got he scored two goals and he's pissed off for the team. So, that yeah yeah, yeah that 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 part's cool. That part's cool. Yeah, I just, that's uh, great.
2: Um, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. How about Johnny Toronto in the building tonight too? That was great. You know what? I, I, the great
0: story during the day, and and maybe it added to the sort of the feel-goodness about this was too perfect today. And I'm not mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. Okay, let's whoa about that. Like I yeah. I can't believe, considering the horrible feeling we all felt initially when we saw more when we saw a replay about Corey Perry's knee and how he how it hit, John Tavares, and then we saw those first couple of minutes, um, just just how he was incredible, incredible duress to um have heard what the prognosis is, and then to see him in the building, see him on the ice taking a skate. So he's obviously not going to play in this series. We're not even going to hypothesize when he could play, but he, if they keep advancing, there seems like a much better chance that he could. So that, that, that was phenomenal. That was, that, was a, a, um, that was a great uplifting moment. Just n- never mind the on-ice stuff.
2: Yeah, no, seeing him skate today, you're right. Uh, I, I, Part of me started to believe that maybe we haven't seen the last of uh, John Tavares here in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that would be so uplifting. But certainly to have your captain in the crowd for this game, I know they FaceTimed the other night, I think that was excellent and great to see John Tavares already on the men following I couldn't believe it's been a week uh, since that all uh, went down in game one. And the Maple Leafs looking forward as well to game six of this series coming up on Saturday. Uh, up three two in this series following this uh four three OT loss. We're gonna hear now from a man who had uh, seven hits in this game, 24 um, 33, had an assist. Here's Austin Matthews. Austin, what did you see as the difference tonight?
8: I mean, they uh they were much more desperate than us in the first period, and I think it showed obviously uh well, they jump out to a quick uh two nothing lead. But um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the way that you know we fought back and uh, we battled and gave ourselves a chance and obviously we came up
7: short. What do you want to take from this game heading into uh, game six Saturday night?
8: Yeah, I just think that, you know, the way we stuck with it, uh, not giving up even, you know, with the, you know, early, um, you know, getting back on our heels kind of early there. Um, you know I think we just stuck with it, able to get that uh, that goal in the second period and then obviously, uh, you know, able to tie it up and, and give ourselves a chance.
6: We'll go to Kevin McGrann, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
7: Austin, what's uh, what's your feelings going into Game Six? They're going to have fans in the stands. Uh, that's something you haven't felt, faced uh, this year. Just uh, what's on your mind going forward?
8: We're going to win a game. Um, yeah, I mean it's been a while since we've had some fans, so I think it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. But I mean it's another opportunity for us uh, to obviously pull out this series, and uh, we have we have to have a much better process and uh, a much better start than we did last night. If uh, you know we want to do that.
6: We'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, Austin, is it, is it kind of difficult to match
8: the
9: desperation of a team that is facing elimination, or how, how do you kind of work that out for Saturday night?
8: Sorry, I didn't hear you, there.
9: Do you is, is it difficult to match um, the desperation of a team that's facing elimination, and how do you work through that Saturday night, perhaps, do you
8: think? Oh, I mean, it, it shouldn't be. We, we should be excited to, to play and to obviously have a chance, uh, an opportunity to close out the series. So, Um, like I said, we didn't come out, uh, you know, with nearly enough urgency or jump to start with. And they obviously are much more desperate than us. So, um, you gotta, you know, tip your hat. Uh, they played well. And like I said, we gave ourselves a
6: chance, just came up short. And the last one here, we'll go to Jonas Siegel, the athletic. Go ahead, Jonas. Yeah. So what do you think made your line effective as the night kind of rolled around? Mm -hmm. What do you think made your line effective as the night kind of got going?
8: I think we're, we're hot and pox good and, um, you know, trying to stay above them, uh, forcing turnovers and just trying to attack the net as, as much as possible. So, um, you know, I think uh, you know, we just want to continue to do that. Uh, you know, we're getting chances, uh, continue to just bear down and try to capitalize on some of these opportunities. Um, but, you know, I think we just want to continue to, to play the way we've been and um, you know, just continue to give our team momentum.
2: Okay, there is Austin Matthews, and clearly that is a theme as we go through the post game, sensing frustration, and understandably so because it seemed like the Leafs had Montreal. Were uh, they were able to to win this hockey game, and just the way it ended was unfortunate. But uh, Austin Matthews, just the guy's too good at hockey for him to have a prolonged slump. He's going to erupt eventually, in my opinion. Gord
0: Rocket Richard Trophy winner had the most hits for Leafs tonight, seven. I think people are getting wow. educated how he has played physically. You know listening to this and we will have the game on Sportsnet 590 the fan on Saturday game number six and I hope Nick you and I like all of a sudden the narrative now I'm thinking about it like we kind of want to put the Columbus series on the back burner but the Leafs had that incredible comeback from three down to tie them that couldn't seal the deal and now if if I still don't believe it'll happen I'm still picking the Leafs now um, Montreal were to come back Man, you don't
2: want to, re, you know, you don't want to revisit that narrative. I want no part of a game seven. I'll say that right now. There's just been way too many times it's happened in Leafs' uh, memory. It, it, just take care of business on Saturday. We can move on. Take on the Winnipeg Jets. You've won your series for the first time in 17 years. So good vibes on that because I think you're totally right. You get into a game seven environment. I don't care who you're playing. It's anybody. Uh, it, it's a it's a pick 'em. And I think that the Maple Leafs built up an advantage in this series, and that's good. But it's time to take advantage of one of those games you've built up coming up on Saturday night on the road at the Bell Center. For now, we're going to hear from another guy on the top line. Here's Zach Hyman. Hi, Zach.
9: Is it difficult to face the uh, desperation of a team facing elimination? And how do you get around that issue uh, Saturday night, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, anytime you're, your back's pushed against the wall, you push back. Um, you saw that from them tonight. Um, you know, I think we've been in that situation before and you always respond. So. Uh, it's going to be another big test for us on Saturday, and we'll look we'll to bounce back here.
6: We'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
7: Uh, Zach, what do you say to a, a, a teammate after a rough night of a giveaway and uh, and that sort of thing to get yourselves focused for the next game?
9: Yeah, you just reset. You know, you wash it away. It's a series. Um, you have you know good shifts and then you have bad shifts. I mean, just part of the game. Um, you know, nothing to it. Just reset.
6: Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Zach, what do you think made your line
4: effective tonight?
9: Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, I think we were, we were moving it well. I think, thought we generated, um, you know, a bunch off of uh, the cycle and then obviously in the rush. Um, but yeah, I think that we're we're all over it. Um, you know, we're just looking to break through here. Uh, but we're, we have our chances, we've just got to capitalize.
6: Take two more here. We'll go to Lance Hornbeach on the Sun. Go ahead, Lance.
1: Zach, Early on, it looked like Carey Price uh, was on his game. Can you talk a little bit about uh, his effect early on? And uh, again, uh, looking uh, looking on to Game Six for you guys.
9: Yeah, he's you know he's a great goalie. Um, he's doing his job out there, and he's been playing uh, really well in this series, obviously. So you got to make his life difficult. The goals that we scored today—if um, you if you watch them all—they're they're all you know net front stuff, guys in front, um, dirty plays, tips, things like that. So. That's
6: uh, so why we got to beat them. And last one here, we will go to Herb Zhukowski with the Montreal Gazette. Go ahead, Herb.
4: Thank you, Zach. Uh, yeah, I think we can agree that this was one of those nights. Uh, the Leafs probably could have had about six or seven goals after two periods, but but um, why do you think that uh, that desperation or that urgency was was not more evident until the third period when you had a chance to close it out at home?
9: Um. Listen, I think uh, I think that we were, you know, you always want to close out a game at 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 home. Um, it's hard to beat beat a team four times in a row. Uh, you know, they they played well, uh, and and I thought we pushed back really well. Uh, you know, they went up three nothing there. We got three consecutive goals there. So yeah, uh, it's extremely encouraging for our team that you know we didn't give up. We we pushed back. We battled. Sent the game to OT, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's a toss up when it goes to overtime. So we just we just have to close it out and. Think that we'll be uh, even more ready for for Game Six.
2: All right, there is uh, Zach Hyman, and, and you know what just came to mind. Are we understating the night Carey Price had? Because you talk about high danger opportunities, it was quite clear Toronto had much more of them. And you want to talk about big saves in this series? Carry Price has made a ton of them, Gord.
0: Yeah, I think I think you know he probably uh, doesn't. He get, probably gets short shrift because historically it's expected by him. And I, I, I Carey Price was in the zone, and you got. That one Jake Muzzin goal, which, I mean, it was a little bit of a deflection. It looked like a soft goal. It really wasn't a soft goal, but, you know, just had those kind of appearances. And then to get three goals, to come back from a 3 nothing, you know, uh, deficit isn't what Kerry Price, you know, usually Kerry Price has a couple of goals, and that's game, set, match for the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens. But you're, you're right. Jack Campbell did not play poorly at
2: all. Jack Campbell's
0: goaltending was good enough, but Kerry yeah. Price had a real strong game.
2: He did, and he's had Mitch Marner's number all series long. He had Nylander's number in this game. He had uh, Matthew's number in this game. It seems like they're trying to go five-hole a lot, and I'll be looking forward to seeing what they do coming up on Saturday because it's quite clear in your three keys to victory, we'll be talking about the start for that hockey game considering the way Montreal came out in this one. You talk about Jack Campbell, uh, 26 saves. I agree with your sentiments. I didn't think he was the reason why they lost this game. I thought he was fine. He was everything they needed in this game. Made some big time stops, and it's a great story. And it continues on for Jack Campbell. Here were his post game thoughts. Jack,
7: what does the team have to take away from this game to be ready for a Saturday night?
5: I mean, it's tough to close the team out. They came out hard. Um, you know, I thought we we pushed back. We played well enough to win the game. You know, I should. I just can't give up three in regulation, and um,
6: you know, I got to be better, and I will be. We'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
7: Jack, when a teammate uh, gives up, uh, gives up the puck and uh, the results bad for you guys, uh, how do you deal with that in the room uh, to raise the spirits or something?
5: I mean, my focus is stopping the puck. So, um, you know, I'll look at the goal, what I did wrong on it um, and move on. But as far as, um, you know, if somebody makes a tough play or something, you know, we're, we're supportive of each other. Um, you know, most of the time guys are making the right play and um you know, tonight it wasn't my best, and you know I, I know I got better, and I have that belief in everybody in the room.
7: And uh, what about the game Saturday night? Montreal have about 2,500 people in the in the stands. What do you think of that development?
5: Yeah, I mean it's fun to playing in front of some people, so um, it'll be fun.
6: We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance.
1: Along the lines of supporting uh, teammates, did you have a word with uh, Rasmus Sandin at any point uh, after what happened in the first period?
5: I haven't talked to Sandy yet, but he's a heck of a player and a big part of our team. So, um, you know, he's made so many great plays for us and, you know, that's what we're focused on. Thank you.
4: We'll take two more here. We'll go to Herb Zierkowski with the Montreal Gazette. Go ahead, Herb. Thank you. Hey, Jack, Uh, thanks for your time. Is there anything a goaltender can do, whether it's overtime or, or regulation time on a two on zero break like that, other than just hoping that they pass once too often and, and screw it up themselves.
5: Yeah, I mean, I just got to make the save on that. Um, you know, it was a
6: little aggressive, so I'll learn from it. And last one here, we'll go to Guillaume with La Press. Go ahead, Guillaume.
4: Uh, hi, Jack. Do you feel like they were
7: maybe a bit more active uh, net front tonight than what you've seen uh, the rest of the series thus far?
5: Uh, I don't know if they were more active net front. They they were doing a pretty good job all series, but they were uh, they changed it up a little bit and um, yeah made some made some nice plays.
2: Jack Campbell uh, again. That is a theme. Everybody is uh, short speaking tonight because uh, they're very very unhappy. And uh, you know you don't get that. You, you, get, you usually get more enthusiasm out of Jack Campbell, but we get it, Gord. It's just that type of night where you feel like you have the game and then you lose on. That way it, it's gotta stink, but I, I like the fact that nobody's sewering anybody.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and I, I just uh I thought Jack had kind of ventured the way from the 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 blame game on himself, but I'm okay. Whatever whatever make it hey, he, he's done it. There's nothing he needs to prove. He's done it. He could be a number one goaltender in the NHL, he could be a number one goaltender in the NHL playoffs. So that's exactly it. Like like you, you, you got to be pissed when you're there after that kind of ending you are, and you're not, you know, singling out Galchenyuk, but you certainly didn't expect or want the game to end that way uh, with a two on oh and, and, and that. So and then you come out and you face the media and you're in a certain zone and I, I like the combativeness. I like the competitiveness.
2: Well, I don't know about you. I'll never get off the high of Alec Manoa's uh, MLB debut. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, last but not least, we hear from I'm with from you, Michel- buddy. That, that, <laughs> hey, come on. That was, that was <laughs> if
0: you're a Toronto sports fan, if you're even a, just a, a, to the Anthony Stewart tertiary Jays fan, yeah. that was great to see this afternoon.
2: You know, ultimately, I just couldn't stop thinking about Nick Robertson when I was watching Manoa, when they anointed Nick Robertson the best player in the world, right? Uh, I, I just, I, I hope Manoa keeps trucking along here. That was a fantastic debut today against the New York Yankees. But we're here to talk hockey. Uh, the Leafs losing here in Game 5. Last but not least scored, we're going to hear right now from Sheldon Keefe.
1: Sheldon happened uh, early in the game, and uh, overall, do you feel this is another step in kind of the, the learning curve for this team?
10: Well, I, I just thought you know Montreal came out real hard, <clears throat> not unlike Game One, and we didn't deal with that well. Uh, so we got ourselves in a hole there. Um, is it part of the learning curve, uh, perhaps? I mean, it certainly looked that way.
6: Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead,
7: Kevin. Uh, Sheldon, a couple of your players had a bit of a rough night. Rasmus early, and Alex with the giveaway there in overtime. What what do you do? What do you say? How do you how do you as a coach respond to that?
10: Well, I I think it's like any other you know mistake that you make. You you want the player to to be aware of you know of the mistake, which I think it's that that itself is pretty obvious. They know that, but it's more just um, being aware of what what was available there and what the better play was, and then you just you park it and move on and, and keep playing. I mean, hockey's a game of mistakes. It happens, and you got to uh, you got to push on. I mean, when you're when you're playing better uh, as a team and mistakes happen, they don't seem to hurt you. But uh, when you're not playing well and you make mistakes, then there's, you know you, you open the door for the opposition, and, and uh, those mistakes cost you.
6: We'll go to Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Steve.
10: It's pretty clear that William
8: Nylander is your most dynamic forward in this series. Tonight he played seven minutes less than Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Can you explain the discrepancy of ice time?
10: Yeah. Well, he doesn't play on that line. So that's the, that's the first part of it. And you know, that line gets a lot of difficult ex- assignments and, and key face-offs and coming out of timeouts and stuff like that. Well, he got a few extra shifts here today, played with those guys a little bit, but the um, discrepancy is probably a little more than I'd like it to be here today, but it's, it's kind of a, uh, a part of uh, part of chasing the game a little bit and, and uh Willie has a tendency to keep his shifts a lot shorter than than some other guys, and you know over the course of the game, that's gonna that's gonna create some discrepancy. But I'm not sure what the actual number of shifts uh, difference was. But um, I was aware of trying to get Willie more shifts, but Willie's not a not a full time part of that line, and it's going to be some discrepancy there as a result. But no doubt Willie was really good again tonight.
6: We'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
7: Hey, Sheldon. Uh, how did you feel about Jack Campbell's night?
10: Well, I wasn't his best. Obviously, I mean, he, he was playing at a really high level for us, and and uh, you know today, you know, like like our team um, wasn't his best, but you know, he's he's earned uh, the opportunity and the trust that uh, he will bounce back.
4: Next up, we'll go to Herb Jarkowski with the Montreal Gazette. Go ahead, Herb. Thanks again. Hey, Sheldon. Um, you you obviously rebounded from the first game defeat when, when maybe doubts would have started to creep in. Obviously you believe in your team. You you have no doubt that they will rebound from this, but, but just tell me why, why you feel that they can, your team can close it out now and win a third consecutive game in Montreal.
10: Well, we're a good team. You know, we, we look at the two games that we've lost and we haven't, we haven't played nearly, uh, nearly at our best yet, both games were right there. Um, you know, when we have played well, we, we've, uh, we've been in the control in, in control of games pretty well. So uh, we have lots of reasons to be confident, um, lots of reasons to believe in our group. Uh, at the same time, we guys got, got a, another reminder today that Montreal is going to make it real difficult and that they're a very good team and very strong goaltending. And that in
2: itself gives them lots of belief. All right, so the uh, positivity continues. That was uh, Sheldon Keefe. His remarks following this 4-3 OT loss here in Game 5 to the Montreal Canadiens, Nick Suzuki, 59 seconds in. And so, Gord, we look forward to Saturday night. The Maple Leafs take their second shot at trying to win this series and trying to win their first series in 17 years.
0: Yeah, and he inferred about, you know, kind of a growth process, and this is part of it. And, you know, a couple of years ago against Boston, the Leafs had two chances to beat the Bruins, not one like they'd had in previous series, had a game six and game seven, and now they have three chances. And that's, you know, part of the growth is that they set it up, that they've got more chances by how they played. Now they have to finish it off. And, you know, it's that final putt. It's the final point, uh, you know, final putt in golf, the final point to win the set in tennis, you know, all those kinds of things that the final out in baseball, and uh, that's where they've not got. And this is part of the growth thing that, okay, bit of a setback tonight, but you've got two more cracks at it and you're not going to
2: let history repeat itself. Also, my apologies. We've gone 57 minutes. I haven't brought up the power play. So apologies on that front. Uh, the two sides, Gordon now combined three for 31 in the series uh, list, your, your emoji for, for, for that. Just, it's been awful. Toronto for one, this game, Montreal for one, the Leafs three for 17 in the series, the Habs put Eric Gustafson power play quarterback into this series. He really doesn't play on the power play, but downright dreadful i think for whoever moves on in this series you better rectify that or it could be a short series against winnipeg coming up
0: yeah and again uh, you know you're hoping you're not reflecting on it as a series (laughs) the leafs don't win but the shorthanded goal in game one if you don't have a good power play uh, which they don't then, then don't give up a shorthanded goal if you can all avoid it and unfortunately they did and that was a big difference but yeah i don't um Hey, so game six, that's a chance. If one team's power play kicks ass, that could be the difference in
2: game number six. Let's hope it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so getting word as well for our broadcast uh, coming up on Saturday, we'll start with Leafs Nation pregame on 680 News, I believe at 7 Eastern time. So you won't want to miss that. And Gord, we're going to finish on 590. How about that? I love it. I love it. We've got it. And we'll be on, of course, this uh, these Airways
0: postgame as well. So a chance to catch... The Jays, hopefully a win in the afternoon. Hopefully a quick game too, selfishly, make it a quick game. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we're, we're going to go out and
2: let's see what happens. Uh, Leafs, can they do it for the first time in 17 years? And certainly uh, we'll be looking at that top line. I think it's Mitch Martyr time. It's Austin Matthews time. It's been Nylander time throughout this series. It's time for the big boys to grab control of this series and take it home for the Toronto Maple Leafs, losing this one in OT, 4-3, the final here in Game 5. 59 seconds in, it was Nick Suzuki, Jake Muzzin, a couple goals in this game. Uh, Willie Nylander, a five-game point streak to start this series, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Toronto was down 3-0 in this game. Come back, but then lose in OT. So we'll talk on Saturday night, Court. Well, sounds good. Enjoy uh, enjoy
0: the hockey tonight and tomorrow night as well, and then let's get back at at least Montreal Saturday.
2: Sounds good. Many thanks to Luke Fox, producer Sam McKee, and technical op Josh Santos. For Gord Stelic, I'm Nick Alberga. You've been listening to Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan. We'll talk Saturday.